This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. For some reason, I pressed the button and literally for an age sat there going, are we going live? Are we going live? Are we going live? And eventually went live. So you may hear me at the start of this going, it's not going live, <laughs> but it's now live. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm joined by Ben from the Marseille View. How are you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Good, good to be back. Um, yeah, interesting results for both our teams recently. So um, mm. let's hope we keep flying high. Absolutely. It is it's enjoyable being at or near the top, very much indeed. It's uh, very enjoyable. This is, for those of you that are joining us for the first time, the Tactical Breakdown Loan Report Series, uh, where in which we discuss all 23 of Arsenal's loanees. Last season, we did these kind of individually. Can you imagine 23 individual loan reports? Because I certainly can't even describe how much time that would take to do. So we've compressed it all down into one show. Uh, we look at some of the players more in depth than others with the help of some expert insight. And for our league uh, loanees, I'm very happy, as always, to be joined monthly by Ben. Uh, and we kick off by talking about Marseille, who are, of course, your team, and Nuno Tavares. So tell us how it's been over the last month since we last spoke, which was before my honeymoon. So it's been quite a significant period of time now. Yeah, and, um, and with us being in the Champions League, it's been almost 10 games, I think, since then. Um, mm. So sadly, his stats haven't changed. I mean, <laughs> he, he started out on a blinder. Um, three goals in, in four games. Probably a bit much to expect him to continue that form, being a being a left wing back, but um, still no assists. Interestingly, mm. um, he's still he's still an integral part of our system because we we rely heavily on on that that sort of the, the two fullbacks overlapping and creating and combining to create space for the likes of Alexis Sanchez and, and Amin Arit and Genduzi to run into and, and, and get on the end of crosses. But um, I think one thing that he certainly will remind you of his Arsenal days, is he's reverted to type a bit, where he's um, he has these little lulls in games and he sort of loses mm. his concentration. So he's 
not directly cost us a goal, but he's he's cost us a goal certainly by losing the ball a bit uh, prematurely in the in the build up, um, and then getting getting caught out of position because obviously he's, he's asked to play very high up the pitch, mm. um, and also uh, I mean we played um, he's been it was important actually in both our wins against Sporting Lisbon that, that give us a chance in the Champions League. So if, if we win tomorrow night away to Frankfurt. We're through to the knockout stages, which is a miracle after losing the first two games. But um, he, I think that we can clearly see, and I saw this against PSG as well, and against Lens at the weekend. There's there's a Tavares against the sort of you know the sort of average teams hmm. where you'd expect him to make a difference with his athletic and technical ability, and then there's a Tavares at what you would call the Champions League level, which is. The Premier League level, which is the PSGs and the um, the Tottenham's and the Frankfurts and the Lisbons of this world, that we've played, where he 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 you, you want him to surf on that confidence of taking men on and and taking a player on and trying to dribble them and trying to overlap them and knock the ball past them and run onto it, but it just doesn't fly when you're playing the likes of Hakimi and and, and those top defenders, right? So. Mm. That's where that's where he's sort of hit the ceiling a bit, where he's been very guilty in those games of, of trying to, to bite off more than he can chew, trying to be the star, you know, the star dribbler. Um, he's still put in some some decent performances, but you can sort of tell that's the gap where he, he still needs to really progress in the big games against better opponents. He can't just expect to to, to cruise past them all the time. I mean, we obviously had such a good series of games now and an amount of games mm. which we can kind of assess what his style position best role still playing this kind of much more advanced fullback role compared to what he was asked to do at Arsenal yes is this for you kind of still remaining that indication that a future at Arsenal with the way in which Arteta wants kind of a Zinchenko inverted fullback style option most likely spelling an end to his long-term Arsenal future uh, if if Arteta doesn't change, or if if Tavares doesn't suddenly you know suddenly progress mm. incredibly, um, I think he's he's on a good trajectory position of, of progress if he continues his form to certainly be a starter in in a club like Marseille or, or another um, you know sort of Premier League top four top five side. But the way the way Arteta is playing at the minute with with Tierney and, and Zinchenko, as you're saying, and we and you know I was I was at the game actually on Thursday night against PSV, and you could tell that, that Zinchenko wasn't there. Tierney was struggling to plug the gap mm. in the middle. Um, so if Tierney's struggling with that, and he's more experienced and, and obviously a bit more prone to the Premier League than Tavares is, if if Tierney's now showing signs that he can be the second left back or, or fight for that first choice spot, you, you, you'd you, you'd obviously conclude that there's no room for a third man and. Tavares will probably pay the price for that. Yeah, he will. Um, okay, let's move on to what is a much more greater success story at this <laughs> point, which is following Balogun, who uh, the weekend scored his seventh goal of the season. It's an incredible record. Uh, according to Transformat, he has one assist. According to Scout, he has two. Wherever you get kind of your, your stats from, um, I suppose I prefer to go with the two because it makes him look better. Um, <laughs> but... When you see at Arsenal right now, Eddie Nketiah struggling, you know, he's got 125 minutes of football in the Premier League, which is nothing across 11 games. So you're averaging just over 10 minutes a game. In the Europa League, he scored a couple of goals uh, starting. And you see what Fuller and Balogun's doing. 
it makes you think, wow, we've just dropped a hundred grand a week on Enketia and we've got mm. this kid coming through. I mean, he's impressing still. I think is he the top scorer in Liga now? Uh, he's, in, like... he's in the top three, yeah. Yeah. Who's top at the moment? Is it uh, uh Mbappe still or I, I think it is Mbappe. Uh, no, I think it, I think it's actually about. I think it's Ben Yedel from Monaco. Mm. So and talk John... to me about what he's done this month because and in the last kind of 10 games, I suppose, because he's just, again, continued to take it to the, that next kind of level. Well, for, you know, for, for saying Haas are 14th in the league, they, they were expected to be relegation candidates, right? And, and they're mm. not safe by all means. But but having a player like him that can individually contribute the way he has been doing, and it's not, not just his numbers, right? It's his goals. So, it, sorry, not just his goals, it's, it's mm. his performances. So what, I, I mean... You know, I saw a few highlights of him last year and I remember he played a few games for Arsenal. Um, it's very hard to conclude, right? Um, from, from the Premier League level, you're thrown in, a, in the deep ends. Um, but what I've what I've been, well, what I've noticed and, and Liga, believe it or not, um, people have this misconception, Farmers League and stuff. It's very physical. Yeah. Um, I've, been, I've been quite impressed with his ability to, to hold the ball. Um, he's he's certainly looks like he's improved with his hold up play, so he can back into defenders um, very quickly. On he's very quick on the turn. He's actually scored quite a few goals like that by taking his first touch and, and just turning in one direction very quickly and skipping past the defender. Um, he's he plays. He tends to sort of drift from playing sort of this left winger role and this central striker role, depending on whether yeah. they're home or away. Um, and he's combining very well with the Japanese international Ito who's a right winger for Haas and, and they've, they've been quite devastating when they've combined. Um, I mean, they when they played PSG, when was it? A couple of weeks ago and he, Balogun had a fantastic game. Nil-nil um, draw, was it? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was a nil-nil draw. I mean, Messi was missing. Um, I think Mbappe was missing too, but uh, well, don't, regardless... Don't, don't level it down. It was a great draw. <laughs> well, no, but, but I mean, his, his performance in that game was was really good. Yeah. Um, so I think is it is it because he's he's getting more game time? Um, you know, it's it's not it's not easier. You wouldn't you'd be you'd be you know you'd be a bit harsh to argue that it's easier because it's Liga. Mm. However, um, he's certainly he's he's stepped up in terms of maturity and in terms of his game. He's he's showing facets to his game and development to his game, whether that's his hold up play or his, his finishing ability. That. Yeah, you, you you sort of look at it and go, well, what, where where is the future with him? And you know, when you when you talk about Enketia, as you said, part of me still thinks that Arsenal kept him to keep him off the market. Um, mm. They probably didn't want a West Ham or, or or someone who was knocking up the door like a Newcastle to, to sign him and then put pressure on Arsenal in the table mm. if he did come good. Um, but now you've got him on 100 grand a week. Offloading him is going to be a bit of a challenge, but. Um, Balogun, I think, actually today came out in the last few hours or something saying that he, mm. he, he was very unsure about his Arsenal future. So, who, yeah, again, you know, we, we, we were chatting about this all of last season, weren't we, last year was with Saliba. Is, is Arteta keeping an eye on him? Yeah. Are, they, are they keeping in contact with him? Are they giving him feedback? Um, is, that doesn't seem to be the case with his, his comments this afternoon, which is I don't think he has a few. He doesn't reckon he has a future at Arsenal currently. Interesting. I'll have to make sure I catch up with that. I was just looking at the uh, the Liga table um, in terms of what um, who's top of it in terms of goals. Kylian Mbappe is with ten, yeah. Neymar nine, Jonathan David nine, Terem yeah. Moffi with eight, Alexandre Lacazette and Balogun and Terry on seven. 
So yeah. Yeah, before uh, before before people start whinging about Lacazette and comparing him to Gabriel Jesus, four of those goals have been penalties, right? Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. That makes a lot more sense, in fairness. Yeah. Okay. Lovely stuff. I'm glad that you've you've actually <laughs> said that because so many fans were genuinely talking about Lacazette and I've seen it today. Gabriel I've seen Jesus. It. Honestly, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's it's mind boggling. Um lastly. Nicola Pepe, uh, he's scoring goals. He, he's gaining. He's uh, gaining a little. Yeah, penalty. Sure, sure. <laughs> Let's look. Uh, this is meant to be an advert for clubs to give <laughs> Arsenal that money that we need. He's scoring goals. He's he's finding his form. Is he Ben? Be honest. Seriously. He's, well, last last time we spoke, he'd. Um, I think Marseille would just battered them away at their place three 0 when it was his first game, and he started that game, and he got a lot of flack from the manager for not defending and, and just a, an all round lazy performance. Hmm. Um, he was then. He sort of um, he started the next few games. Then he was benched for a couple of games, but he's he's played the last five or six as starter. He he's. He's having an impact. Um, Nice have lagged behind. I think they're 11th or 12th in the table. So they're certainly not where they, they ambition to be. I think they were aiming to be top five, um, same, similar to last season, but they struggled. Um, yeah. But he's, he's, he's having a decent impact. I mean, again, they, 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 I think they, they beat, no, they lost to PSG narrowly um, a few weeks ago. And, and he, he bullied Sergio Ramos the whole game. Um, he was really causing him problems. Um, and he, he does seem to come alive in those big bigger games against bigger opposition. But yet again, he's still drifting in and out. He's um, consistent game times helping him rediscover some form. And he is showing moments of, of, of you know, quality like we know he can, where he can, he can mm. pick up the ball and drift inside and get past a couple of players. Um, his shooting's still a bit off the mark. Um, where he tends, to, he'll he'll do you know frustratingly as he did. He he skips past three players and then he, he skies it into Rose Ed. Um, but he, yeah, I think he's improving, and with consistent game time, he'll, he'll continue improving. Um, but it, it's just again, it seems a far cry to hope that he's ever going to re, re become that player that he was when Arsenal signed him. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think that at the end of the day, we all know kind of where this story's going. Um, yeah. he will eventually move on from Arsenal, it probably will be next summer. I doubt it'll be with the option with Nice, to be honest. I'd be surprised if they took it up, it may end up being someone else. Um, I'm not even sure what the option, to be honest, is. I, even if they're, 15 million or 17 million? Something like that. But yeah. I think they'd be mad, to be honest, to even pay that with one year left on his contract. You know, Arsenal, I think, would be lucky in the end maybe to get close to 10 million, uh, which sounds mad, but it probably is a fair representation of the year that remains, especially with the wages that he's on as well at exactly. Arsenal that will have to be paid. And and all of that combined is going to be very difficult for a side in Liga in particular to, to pay. So... We'll see what happens with Nicolas Pepe. But just to kind of summarise uh, Tavares and Balogun and Pepe, you know, mm. things for Arsenal in Liga then are going well. And with the way that things that have started for, you know, Tavares and Balogun in particular, do you kind of see Arsenal continuing to use Liga as a, as a good place to bed in players that are both young and, and need game time? I mean, I was talking about Lukonga potentially as someone that yeah. might look towards a loan and maybe Liga being beneficial for him. Um, it, it it's a good school, right? I mean, there's a reason why. I mean, again, back to this farmers league thing. It's just it's just bias. It's stupid mm. to call it that. When you look at the number of star players that have come from the league, have signed signed for Premier League clubs and have, have smashed it. You know, Kante, um, all of the Arsenal golden generation. You know, Pires yeah. and all of that. Uh, and then another then, silver. Yeah, 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 exactly. Fabinho for Liverpool and yeah. It, it it is certainly for midfielders. It's a, it's a very um, 
I'd say very testing league of their ability because it's physical, but but you don't have a lot of time on the ball because teams tend, tend to press mm-hmm. you. So um, it, it's a good revelator of that. Um, certainly, you know, as except for Balogun, maybe as as we've as we've discussed about all three of them, you don't really see Arsenal probably reintegrating any of them. However, for yeah, for Lukonga, it may be a good sort of test of, of his his ability if he does go to a team and is a regular starter like Balogun. Is he going to step up? Is he going is he going to mature in his play? Um, but in, in any case, it's a good option for putting them in the shop window and recouping some cash for them, right? Mm, absolutely, Ben. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon Pleasure. and for this month. Of course, we'll uh, rejoin uh, when the World Cup gets underway, or just before the week before the World Cup, to kind of look over what happens between now and November. Uh, but tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to. Uh, just as usual on the, on the Marseille view, debriefing the Marseille games. We're playing three times a week, so it's <laughs> a bit of a challenge. Um, but hopefully we we finish strong before the World Cup and we we get back into the top three in the league and we qualify for the next round of the Champions League. But uh, we'll continue keeping an eye on all of these lads um, and report back with you before the World Cup. Indeed. You can find Ben uh, and the Marseille View on Twitter at Marseille View as well. You can even follow Ben's personal account at 91Immortal if you would like to do so as well. Um, but thank you, Ben, as always. Pleasure. Appreciate your time, my friend. Have a good Have one. Have a good night, See guys. Much thanks to Ben, as always, for massive and uh, really appreciative help on this. That rounds off our Liga section, uh, and I think you can quite uh, considerably determine that it was a very secure coverage of what was some really interesting stuff from Liga. Now, speaking of security, it's always important to remain secure online, and you can do that with NordVPN. Uh, NordVPN are very thankfully sponsoring uh, the podcast over the next couple of weeks or so. And before we get into the second part of today's show, I want to tell you about a fantastic deal that you can get available with NordVPN and the channel. Uh, I've used this service myself. It's very beneficial if you're ever abroad and don't have access to the likes of your usual broadcasting services to watch the Arsenal. I certainly used it to hop over to the UK despite being in Mauritius on my honeymoon and was able to watch the game uh, at the same time. You can also watch some reality TV if that's your type of thing on the likes of all four, etc. If it's not working over wherever you happen to be. Uh, all the details you can find with the link in the description. Just go to nordvpn.com slash guna and you can get a massive discount off of your subscription and four months free at the start of it as well. If you don't enjoy the service, you don't even have to worry about it because there's a 30-day money-back guarantee as well so uh yes are we happy are we happy with this segueing and switching rather than the boring monotone voice that i did before i hope so i hope you're appreciative i'm really taking uh props from elliot from the arsenal vision podcast i'm gonna get better at this i'm gonna make them more entertaining you're gonna want to watch them uh you really really are anyway let's move on to part two right after this Okay, part two, we move into uh, the more closer-to-home um, loanies, and we begin with Charlie Patino. Now, I'm very happy this week to have insight from Dave, uh, who is from the Blackpool Supporters Club, who's been a fantastic help this week in trying to get much more information on this and, and on Charlie Patino in particular. Uh, a massive thanks to Will Robinson as well. Um, but the information comes from, from David Ragazzino, which I think you'll agree is a fantastically 
named human being uh, and an even fantastically better insight into Patino. So without further ado, David, take it away. Hello, everyone at the Guna Talk and all Arsenal fans. My name is Dave Ragazzino, a Blackpool fan and creator of the Charlie Patino song that's currently doing the rounds across social media. Uh, just give me a couple of minutes of talk about Charlie since he's arrived at Bloomfield Road. And first of all, thank you for sending him our way because you've sent an absolute legend. Loved across the town now for his work on Saturday particularly. And what a boy we've got here, by the way. Uh, Charlie's game since he started here, he's been going from strength to strength. He was a slender type young lad who had all the skills in the world but needed roughing up a little bit. And just lately he's got right into that. He's flying into tackles, doing all the things, he's bulking up. He looks a real talent and although he's not the finished article yet, you've got a special player on your hands and we're going to look after him this season and send him back to you, hopefully win you the Champions League and turn up for England one day. Not Spain, but we never know that's England's job to sort that one out. Um, it's a special day on Saturday. You've probably seen all sorts of pictures and footage. The song that he's got is wonderful and he needed to score against Preston to make that song extra special and he's done that. And he came over to the Armfield Club on Saturday, which is a Blackpool supporters club just opposite the ground, which I'm co-owner of. He arrived after the game, couldn't get past in his car, was absolutely mobbed by the fans. Then he returned later on to take pictures and have a chat with everybody for a couple of hours after the game. Uh, a proud, proud moment for us all. Be very proud of him. His dad was with him and his uncle, they're very proud. And good luck to him with us. Good luck to him when he comes back to you. And good luck to Arsenal for the rest of the season. A massive thank you to David. The reason why I cut off the end of that video is because, one, we have a no swearing policy on the channel and he does say what any Arsenal fan would say about Spurs, about Preston. So, you know, it's all fair's fair. Uh, <laughs> but a massive thank you to Dave uh, for sending in that video. You can uh, check out the uh, Blackpool Supporters Club if Arsenal ever go up against Blackpool again in the cup competition. So I remember a game uh, a few years ago where I think Joe Willock was on the score sheet. You can go check them out at Armfield Club. But a massive thank you to Dave there for sending in that video. It's great to see Charlie Patino flourishing. Two goals and assists so far this season. Um, his, his successful dribbling rate is, is, is improving all the time as well, as is his passing. I love the fact that he's getting involved defensively. 6.94 defensive duels per 90 is, is great to see. He's winning plenty of them as well. And getting a goal and an assist in the game in the derby against Preston North End was brilliant. If you haven't had a chance to go and watch the clips and the footage, I massively, massively encourage you to go and do that because it certainly is worth doing. Uh, let's move on to our next player of focus, and that's Brooke Norton Cuffey at Rotherham. Very happy uh, to have Danny from the New York Talk giving us some insight into how Brooke Norton Cuffey is getting on after a managerial change and a little bit of difficulty. Hello, we're going to talk. This is Danny from New York Talk. Um, coming to you from one of our pubs in Rotherham, funnily enough, watching the Southampton Arsenal game. Um, quick update on Norton Cuffey for your scout report. Um, he's been doing all right so far this month. Uh, he's had to deal with a manager change at Rotherham. Paul Warren has gone to Derby and now we have got Matt Taylor in who was Exeter. Uh, so he's had to deal with that a little bit because it was Paul Warren who brought him to Rotherham and he wanted to play for Paul Warren. But so far he's matured very well to it and took it uh, in his stride really. Uh, he's still very, very threatening in attack going down that right hand side but I think he's had to learn to be even more defensive in this setup as well and possibly try and negotiate playing four at the back and also playing more as a, as a wide defender rather than 
a wing back. Um, he has been interchanged with Harding a couple of times on that right hand side. Um, but he's been okay with it at the minute. Um, against Hull, it was a bit off it. He kept leaving his man out on the wing and coming narrow. But I think that's just because Hull played at such ferocious pace and he's used to being the quick one. Um, but yeah, so he struggled a little bit there. I think he's struggling with um, the change of system and the change of implementation of a new manager. Um, of course, the new manager is still trying to work out how to utilise him properly, uh, which he'll learn is his pace out on the right-hand side and those darting runs that he likes to make. Um, yeah, overall, his development is going very, very well. Um, he is still rapid um, and far too good of a footballer to be 18 years old, especially <laughs> with a club of our size, shall we say. Not level, but size. Um, yeah, he's adapting well to the Championship. I know a lot of you guys said you want to see him in the first team this year. I can honestly see that happening next year if he continues to prove at his current rate. And uh, yeah, just let's keep him for the rest of the season so he can keep improving with the new manager. Cheers, lads. A massive thank you to uh, Danny from New York Tour. You can find them on Twitter at RUFC underscore pod uh, to keep up to date with everything that's going on in the world of Rotherham FC and Norton Cuppy, of course. Yeah, so a change of manager uh, is always something that Aloni will find difficult because you're a temporary player at the club and you've been brought in under the promise of the previous coach. And that's going to be certainly, I think, something that Arsenal monitor between now and January is my understanding that there is a recall clause available in Norton Cuppy's contract if the club deem the right opportunity to bring him back and then potentially loan him out somewhere else where they again feel that he is going to be certainly more desired. We'll have to wait and see how that happens. But he's doing really, really well so far. The crossing was kind of the main thing we talked about last time, if you remember. He was averaging a really high number of crosses. He still is, 4.67. But in our last show, we told you that despite throwing in a number of crosses, I think it was something like 28 crosses or something mad, he hadn't managed to hit any of the Rotherham players, of any of them, 0% accuracy of his crossing. What I can tell you is that that has significantly improved. He now has 21% pass accuracy with his crossing. I know you might think, 21, that's not even that great. But when you consider he was starting off on zero after 28 attempts, he's gradually getting that up. In the next game after we actually did that, um, that loan report last time around last month, he managed to hit his target six times out of 10 crosses in a game. So it is certainly an area of his game that is improving. He is getting better, but it's also part of his game that needs to be significantly kind of refined. Um, we're seeing him get involved defensively, now playing in part of a back four instead of playing a wing back position. I like the fact he's playing in a back four now, to be honest, because Arsenal, of course, don't play with wing backs. We play with a back four. So that's only going to help his own development and adaption if he does indeed return to Arsenal. Defensively, he's still getting involved as well. You know, 3.77 interceptions per 90 is good. So that's very impressive as well. Now we end our second section of the show with a little bit more focus onto Austin Trusty. Now what I'm looking for, and this is where I'm going to need you listeners a little bit of help. We have reached out to a number of Birmingham-based podcasts and uh, they're very difficult to track down. They're very difficult to get responses to. I don't know if for some reason there's some hatred between Arsenal and Birmingham that I'm not aware of, but I'm going to have to get uh, you guys potentially to help us out. If you've got any recommendations uh, of people who you know are very much in-depth and in the know around Birmingham City Football Club that can support us and this loan report show throughout the season, then do let us know because I'd love to hear from them and get you more insight into Austin Trusty because he's a player that you should definitely be looking into and learning about and keeping track of. He could still go to the World Cup with the United States. Now, at the moment, he wasn't called up for the last squad. 
which is obviously a big hit to him. However, he is pushing and he is doing very well for Birmingham, playing in a back three on that left-hand side in a left-footed centre-back, which is something that Arsenal certainly need cover for with only Gabriel so far at the club with that type of characteristic. He scored a couple of goals this season, both coming in one single game, which is really impressive, certainly worth going and checking out on YouTube, both coming from crosses into the box, as you would imagine. Uh, in terms of defensively, he's, he's performing well, 8.05 defensive duels per 90, 3.65 clear. Clearances per 90, 4.78 interceptions per 90, which for a centre-back is very, very good indeed. He likes passing. He's confident on the ball. He's progressing out from the back. He's not someone to overlook. He's someone that you should certainly be aware of. And hopefully, we're going to be learning plenty more about him across the course of this season. So I look forward to giving you more updates and information about Austin Trusty with hopefully some expert insight to boot on him as well. Now, the final part of the show looks at the remaining players that are also on loan. We've covered six. We've got 17 to go. First of all, Ainsley Maitland-Niles finally starting to get some minutes for Southampton. Of course, wasn't available to play against Arsenal at the weekend because he was coming on loan from Arsenal. Um, but he did start the game against Bournemouth in their 1-0 win and has so far got four appearances. Uh, Alex Runison on loan at Al Anyaspor in Turkey. Nine appearances so far, conceded 16 goals, no clean sheets to speak of, which isn't really that surprising. Uh, Pablo Marie on loan at Monza, scored for Monza in a very big game in which they've now been able to push themselves away from that relegation zone. And Monza actually, you know, we want them to stay up because if Monza stay up, it means that they have to pay an option, which actually means that Marie moves to um, to Monza for next season on a permanent deal. Eight, uh, eight appearances, one goal, 10 goals conceded, three clean sheets in 710 minutes for the Italian side. Arthur Oconquo uh, on loan so far this season, actually having an enjoyable time with Crew Alexandria. Uh, 15 appearances, has conceded 20 goals, but five clean sheets in that is good. He was absolutely massive in their game uh, the other week. Certainly worth a highlight reel if you can go and find it. Uh, but Arthur Oconquo going on loan, just like Carl Hinde did to Reading last season and having a good spell there. Mika Bireth, we talked about last time round, hadn't played yet for RK, uh, RKJ, Valvike, I believe. Uh, RKC, sorry, Valvike. Uh, he's gone on loan there. Didn't play at the start of the season. He was injured, has now returned from that injury. Five appearances, two goals in 138 minutes. He actually scored both of those goals coming off the bench for RKC Valvike uh, and impressed. And he's starting to get more and more minutes. Hopefully they will build up over the course of of this season. Uh, Marcelo Flores, currently playing away, uh, has got seven appearances for Real Oviedo, hasn't scored or got an assist yet, isn't yet regularly in the starting lineup, but is certainly pushing. Miguel Aziz, 482 minutes currently for Ibiza, also in Spain, eight appearances so far, hasn't been able to get on the score sheet and is needing to kind of push up a little bit more, but is getting regular game time now for them uh, and certainly more of an asset for the team. Nikolai Moller on loan once again at Den Bosch in the Netherlands. Five appearances, one goal, one assist, 165 appearances. He's certainly a player that I think, just like our next player we're going to talk about, that will probably move on very soon from the club after what was meant to be uh, quite the interesting talent and even described as the next Ibrahimovic that you'll get that link every single time we talk about him. It's just part and parcel of talking about Nikolai Moller at this stage. Tyrese John Jules, 19 assists so far this season, two goals, one assist for Ipswich. Um, he's getting plenty of minutes, but he's still not been able to to really kind of nail down or establish himself, even at this particular level. I imagine he will move on from Arsenal at the end of this season. Uh, Salah Adin on loan at Hull is currently injured, or there is an option in that contract that they can activate come the end of the season to 
to take him on a permanent deal. He should return after the World Cup. So we'll have some more updates on him in the new year. Uh, Tim Akinola on loan currently, I believe, at Chesterfield has played four games thus far, 163 minutes uh, at the moment, which isn't particularly, you know, great. He's 21-year-old defensive midfielder, not playing loads. Uh, again, one of those players we can imagine will certainly probably move on from the club uh, in the near future. Harry Clark on loan at Stoke City. Eight appearances, two goals, two clean sheets. Done well at Stoke in the short amount of time he's been there. Reason why he's certainly got not many minutes compared to the amount of game time that Stoke City have had this season. He actually got injured, which meant that he lost his place in the team and has only been coming off the bench in the last few appearances for Stoke. He's a player that certainly should be appreciated. He's a quality player at that kind of level. I don't necessarily think there's a future for him at Arsenal, but he could be a financial asset for the club. Let's hope that he starts getting more starts and minutes for Stoke City this season. The last time we spoke about Omar Rekic in Sparta, Rotterdam, he was barely playing. And I am unfortunately here to tell you that that has continued. He has made five appearances now for Sparta, Rotterdam. One of those was for their youth team, however, in what is called the... Uh, something cup in which he played against a team called Quick Boys. Uh, that's not, I'm not joking. The team he played against was called Quick Boys. Um, I'm assuming everybody has to be rapid uh, to play for them. Uh, but he managed to play 90 minutes in that game. But that constitutes for 90 minutes of the 105 minutes he's actually managed to get all season um, for Sparta Rotterdam. Not great. Don't be surprised if he is recalled in January. Uh, Alex Kirk on loan at Air uh, this season has made nine appearances, one goal, one clean sheet, but conceded 13 goals so far whilst there. Again, uh, a player that will probably be a bit of a financial asset on a much smaller scale come the summer, uh, unless they decide to loan him out again. Uh, not particularly, I haven't heard any kind of rave reviews or anything coming from that side of things whatsoever. Ryan Alabiosu uh, has also gone alone to Scotland as well. 13 appearances, 16 goals conceded and three clean sheets playing in that right wing back, right mid kind of position. Again, another player that I don't necessarily think has too much of a future at Arsenal and will be a little bit of a financial asset come the summer. Uh, Mazida Gungbo has got 10 appearances, 14 goals conceded and uh, three clean sheets so far, playing 947 minutes of the season. Um, hasn't, I mean, he's playing for Crawley Town so far. Uh, my colleague of mine, Sam Love at FL, is a person that goes off to some of the games. Pointed out, Agungbo did stand out in a couple of games that he's seen. Don't necessarily see him being part of the Arsenal setup either. Uh, you can imagine this is becoming a bit of a theme, hence why we skip over these names quite quickly. But yeah, Mazida Gungbo doing okay on loan uh, at Crawley Town, but uh, I'm not expecting him to be taking any kind of the limelight anytime soon. Uh, and Ezra Herry, who is a goalkeeper currently on loan at Chelmsford uh, in Essex. Uh, he's currently got eight assists, eight assists, eight appearances in goal. Mad if he had eight assists as a goalkeeper. Two uh, goals conceded and six clean sheets. Doing quite well. You know, that's a good record. Six clean sheets in eight games. Uh, 720 minutes played. He's certainly putting himself about there and doing well at a very, very low level in the National League. And finally, Tom Smith, who's on loan at Bromley. Hadn't played a single game when we last spoke to you about him. Uh, he's now played five games, conceded six goals and got two clean sheets as well. Over 450 minutes. That... Completes all 23 players that are on loan currently at Arsenal. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, in-depth look at what there is. I'm going to go into the chat box quickly just to see what you guys are saying. Gunnar David says, will Matt Turner be at the World Cup? Yes, it is expected that he will be. Whether Austin Trusty joins him 
is another question. Uh, Schrodinger's cat flap asking, is he left or right footed? I believe Austin Trusty is left footed. He's been playing that position and will be certainly uh, an asset to Arsenal with that characteristic next season. Uh, Byron says, I'm keen to see John Jules's growth. Great talent. One of my first buys in a new football manager save. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to work out for him at Arsenal, unfortunately, Byron. But uh, I hope that he turned things around and really impresses. But I just don't see that necessarily happening for him. Um, scrolling down a little bit more. Thanks, Doom Dealer. Much appreciate the kind words. And there has been plenty of kind words as well from you guys in the chat box. Uh, Temi says, Patino, uh, which is now Charlie, uh, Charlie Patino's pseudonym, of course. Uh, we'll get into the team next season, Tom. I have absolutely so much... Um, confidence that Charlie Patino will indeed be part of the team for next season. He's done brilliantly at Blackpool. They don't want to lose him. Unfortunately, they probably will come the end of the season. Don't recall him in January. I really would keep him out there. Keep him there for the season. Let him play. Let him play every single week there. Fantastic stuff. Uh, King says, Tom, do you think we'll move on from one of Eddie or Balogun? Probably. It could end up being Eddie. The problem with Eddie is we've just put him on a massive contract. So I don't see how that's going to happen. Balogun, I hope we start to give him some chances in the first team. I, right now, think he has got the higher ceiling. So we'll see how that changes. Uh, Arasilki says, spotted the new hoodie. You have indeed. It's very nice. Arrived today. Uh, it's it's comfortable. It's, it's warm. It's cosy. Uh, and it's got a cannon on it. So you can't really complain too much at all. It's very nice indeed. Uh, Amira says, which loanee have you personally been underwhelmed with slash expected more from so far? Good question. Who have I been underwhelmed by? I guess Omar Rekic is the obvious answer. Has barely played for Sparta Rotterdam. Really liked in the Arsenal youth team. Was really highly rated when we when he signed from her to Berlin. Has, hasn't played at all. Um, so, yeah, I think I would have to lean into Omar Rekic of all of the low knees as being the most underwhelming of the group at this stage so far in the season. Uh, Aya says, the same fans who want to give Nelson and Lukonga and other reserve players a chance are the same fans who want us to get Ndika, even though we have Austin Trusty. I don't think there's necessarily any correlation between those two sets of kind of opinions, Aya, to be honest. Uh, I think that Ndika would be a, a sensible move for Arsenal to make, considering he'd be on a free transfer. But Austin Trusty is certainly someone that you should be aware of. Uh, and certainly should be someone that you'd be keeping an eye on. Uh, Ivan says that Flores has potentially been underwhelming so far at Real Oviedo. Uh, he was doing really well for the uh, the youth team and even got a senior call up to the Mexican national side, but has not necessarily been able to put down uh, that ability so far. And Dan says, who would I sell in January? Well, from a, this kind of perspective of this specific show, Dan, as we're looking to at the moment, I think that if you're going to recall anyone to, to sell them, there's a lot of players I spoke of at the end of the show. Uh, a lot of that list that I'll throw back up onto the screen now, I think a lot of them could probably be sold in the near future. The, the difficulty that you have is that obviously with the youth team, you do need to kind of bulk it out a bit with players that are of a certain level to, to continue to make you competitive. It's a weird balance that the youth systems have, that they have players that probably don't necessarily have a future at Arsenal, but are good enough to play in that system and that level so that it gives the ability to players that do have a future at Arsenal more of a chance to show off what they can do. I hope that makes sense. It did when I was saying it in my mind, but I'm hoping it does to you. So asking who I would sell, it's it's a lot of these players, but it's difficult to know how and when you can do that with how you need to balance the competitiveness of the under-21s as well. Um, Zach says, do you think it will be a smart move for Patino to pick Spain as his nationality? Uh, him playing with the likes of Busquets and other youngsters like Pedri 
would be great experience. Look, for me, I'm an England fan. I am English. I want England to do well. I would love to see Charlie Patino make it at England. The competition at that level is very difficult. But you have to say that Spain's midfield has always been historically very strong and it continues to be so. Is he going to be able to get into that Spain national team any more than the England national team? I'm not sure. It's difficult to know at this stage. He's already playing England youth level football. He's never played, I don't think, for Spain at this level, yet, uh, any kind of international level yet. I, I don't know if he's being courted by them. It's certainly something that I would have to be, uh, have to chase up on him. But uh, I lean towards England, but that is completely from a biased perspective. So there you go. I think that brings us to a nice close. Uh, thank you ever so much, everybody that's joined us for our latest loan report. If you're joining us late, make sure you rewind and watch from the start and get all the latest information on all of our Arsenal loanees. We'll be doing a monthly roundup of all 23 Arsenal loanees, adding and taking away any, of course, that join and leave during the January transfer window. Your next loan report will be coming in the week before the World Cup starts, but after the Premier League and Championship and European football is finished. So make sure that you are turning those notifications on and subscribing to not, to not miss any content, rather. But thank you so much, everybody that's tuned into the show. I hope you appreciate what I believe to be the most in-depth loan show on the platform. So thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you again tomorrow morning at 8am, ahead of what is another open training session at London Colney that I'll be attending. Looking very much forward to that. Have a great day, great evening, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.